0: Learn the most empowering hiring techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with your host, Rick Gerard. A record 4.3 million people quit their jobs in August. So if you're one of the business leaders who have been losing people, please realize it's not them. It's you. They're breaking (laughs) up with you. People are quitting because they no longer align themselves with your company values, especially with some of the mandated policies in and around the pandemic. Right now, people are much better options in the form of growth and career satisfaction, which is why people are taking their time in locating the opportunity that they really want. So if you want to stop the attrition and be able to hire strong people, get solid on your values and focus on what each individual is desiring in terms of their personal career growth. Today, we're discussing exactly what you need to do to become an employer of choice and start winning great people. I'm Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. We help entrepreneurs and executives win the strongest hires by sharing insights from top-performing rebel entrepreneurs, game changers, and industry leaders like our guest today, Leilani Coray. She is the founder and CEO of Be The Change HR. And Be The Change HR is a conscious company and social enterprise providing HR support to small to medium-sized businesses in any facet of HR from pre-hire to post-term and everything else that happens in between. Her and her team also teach free job readiness courses and provide free coaching to individuals who have been trafficked, homeless, and veterans in transition. Leilani and her team are not only HR pros, but they are life changers, which is what makes Leilani the perfect expert for today's topic. Leilani, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: It's fantastic to have you. And we've had you on before, and it was like Halloween a couple of years ago, and you wore a costume. I wore a
1: skeleton suit and a blazer to make sure that I was appropriately professionally dressed.
0: And I felt like a total (laughs) yutz because I didn't dress up. No, that's okay. You were fantastic. So today we're going to discuss really how to become a employer of choice in Mm -hmm. this great resignation that we're dealing with right now. So we're going to talk about what people really want today from their careers, and then we're going to talk about the elements you need to implement within your company in order for you to successfully hire the strongest people. Sound like a plan? Sounds like a plan. All right, here we go. Why are employees really looking for new employers? I
1: kind of want to touch on this whole idea of as leaders, as business owners, I think people and owners, they think they know what their people want or what people who are looking for an opportunity or jobs want but they really don't know, right? So you have this assumption of like, I want to become the employer of choice and I want to be just like Google, let's say that. But then you're like, uh, is that really it? Or, you know, hey, people just want pay, but is that really it? It really is a holistic view of what a person wants.
0: Yeah, and I've heard a lot of news about, okay, well, you know, we've got to adjust our comp. We have to give more perks and benefits. I had a wellness expert that sent me a thing a couple of days ago saying that, The key to attracting new people to stay is to really have a strong wellness program, which if people are working from home, I don't really think they care that much about a wellness program. These are all great things. They're all added benefits. But I don't think they're really the core of why people are exiting in such a mass amount of exodus. I
1: actually recently read this article and and experts had said that people are demanding higher pay, better employment conditions, and critical support in their daily lives. There is a turn of the tide right now. I mean, it's super obvious with the great resignation of employees now have a choice of where they're going to go. They have more of a voice of who they're going to join as their employer. We talked about data. Depending on where you get your data sources, that's really important. But I always see in the top three, pay. Pay is in one of the top three of like really important to a person. I want to get proper compensation for my job.
0: I agree with that to a point. That's never the reason why when I'm talking to people that they want to leave. It's usually like down the road mm-hmm. a little bit. There are people that say, hey, look, at, I'll take another job if you pay more money. There's a good percentage that will hop ship all day long for a bigger paycheck. Mm-hmm. But what I've been seeing has been more along the lines of, hey, look, at, I'm stuck here. There's no place for me to go. Put up with a miserable manager for the past year and a half. Now that I can leave, why not? I'm not learning anything. It usually has to do with some core foundational personal development that they're not getting. Yeah, I agree. More so than that.
1: Definitely some type of path of like, how am I going to grow here? Because we're human beings. Like Most of us want to in our lives have some type of like, let's step up as I go in my career. Like Here's the things that I'd like to learn. Here's the things that are interesting to me in the career that I've chosen. And if there's a dead end, And there's no like path for someone in an organization. Of course, they're going to be like, I want to find a place where I can grow. Like a good employee is going to want that.
0: You have to keep in mind that most people work for small businesses. Not everybody works for Google or the Amazons of the world. You can go get a job at Amazon if you can get hired. And you can incrementally move up and get your raises. And if you're okay with it, then that's where you should be. But most of us work for smaller companies. You top out. I don't think leadership does a great enough job of recognizing that you need to move up. You have your own goals.
1: I think it can work for a small business. I have a client now where we did an assessment with them about, according to the great resignation of how in this small business of only 10 people, bookkeeping company, how can they have a pl- path where people can grow? And so they were thinking about maybe offering different services their bookkeeping staff right now doesn't know how to do those services. So even in something small like that, there is a path for a small business of saying, OK, here's a new service that we would like to offer. Is it a skill set that my people have now? And if not, it could be something that you could offer in order to train someone yeah. in this new thing to do. So for them, it was cash flow projection reports doing that. We don't do this now. We were thinking of doing it, added added service, added more money that's coming in, and then allowing people to have a path for growth.
0: And I'm sure there's somebody within the organization that would really resonate with that,
1: Yeah,
0: Uh, that would want to learn that. Why is this important to a company?
1: Companies need humans to run it, like, right? (laughs) So it's super important to have, you know, people on staff, people who want to be there, people who are engaged in your organization. And in order to do that, I mean, this is how the tides are turning. It is no longer a company being like you need me no now it is you need to be a company of choice and to create a company and an environment that supports all the things that a human being would want in an ideal company
0: yeah the tides have definitely shifted in the favor of the employee mm-hmm. for sure i still am baffled by this concept of we'll just post a job we have a selection process then we make a hire of who it is we want you're not making the decision anymore The employees are making the decision to join your company or not. I was just talking to my friend Kelly Robinson yesterday who does programmatic um, job postings and they do millions of job postings a year. Usually in the U.S., somewhere around five to six million job postings per month. They topped out at 10 million job posts like uh, just last week. Wow. So there's so much opportunity that you really need to do something. And really, I think a lot of it comes down to flexibility. People want that ability to have that personal freedom, and that's the big issue.
1: Two other points of why it is important for a company is there's the ethical reason. So as business owners and as leaders, we do have this responsibility of creating a good work environment. I don't know about you and how many times you've cried when you've worked in an organization, but I know me, and I'm like, why like I shouldn't be in this state of where I'm working for an organization where I'm unhappy, where leadership is caustic and is unhealthy. Leaders and owners have an obligation to have a healthy workforce. It's one of Maslow's hierarchy you need you need that, right? A safe place to be. And the other is, I mean, you know, our CFOs will love this and business owners will love this. If you have a great work environment, and you have engaged employees. Guess what happens?
0: Productivity Ooh. goes up. And
1: then what happens when your Profits. employees are- Yeah, exactly. Money, yeah. money. And and really, that shouldn't be first. The profit shouldn't be first. In my opinion, the people should be first. And that will naturally just come. So I think those are other reasons why. All
0: right, you're listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, And for our podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick educational moment from our sponsors. Hey, check out stridesearch.com there. You'll find a link to order Healing Career Wounds, which could be your startup secret weapon to winning the strongest hires. Our guest today is Leilani Kure. She is the founder and CEO of Be The Change HR, and we are talking about how to become an employer of choice today. So we just talked a little bit about some of the issues that companies are facing and the reality of who really controls this job market Hopefully that's a little bit of a wake-up call. Now we're going to talk about how do we solve this problem. So I'm a company, Leilani, mm-hmm. and I need to figure out, like, I just lost a bunch of people. I need to figure out how to fix it. What do I do?
1: So I'm a huge fan of asking. I know it can sound super scary to do that. When you go to your people in your organization, you're like, hey, like, let's measure this company culture. And it doesn't have to be so daunting. Be, you know, you could do a 10-question survey, do it where people can keep their anonymity. Can you say that word for me?
0: Anonymity. <laughs> 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 you know what I
1: mean, right? So, you know, it can be anonymous yeah. and um, and really ask them, you know, what they love about working there, what they don't. Another good way of measuring this would be based on, you know, the data of why people are leaving their jobs. And then the other part is stuff that has to do with the company's core values. Now, this is based on... If a company has actually done the work to ensure that these core values are actually in line with the organization, because I know some people make them up and they say wonderful things like integrity, and yeah, you know, like, yeah. yeah, is that really? We a-
0: pulled it out of a book, <laughs> right? Be humble, be smart, and be uh, fast, like <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly, which are great core values. Yeah. Is that really something that lines with your business? And so. I think it's important to ask these questions of your people, also have some information and data behind, you know, what the owner and leader wants, and then create a plan that way. Um, A big asterisk next to any time that you're going to ask your people what they think. You need to really look at that data and communicate back to them. Because if you take a survey like that and then you're silenced, that could really hurt morale and make it worse for you. So go back, take a look, communicate, here's where we're doing great, here's where we need to improve, and then make that part of the plan for the organization as it stands now and for things you can work into your talent acquisition strategy in order to shine in the ways that you're doing great things and then improve on how you can improve your workforce so it it emanates outside of your organization as you grow.
0: So let's say I'm a company that's kind of command and control, and my whole thing is profits, and that's the way we run the business. What work do we have to do there?
1: Oh, If that's the case and you need to make a case for these things, then you reverse engineer it. And this is making the business case for why you're going to be doing these things. Yeah. And so if you reverse engineer it, a very easy metric is turnover and how expensive turnover is. Yeah. And so there's different percentages of someone's annual salary. That is a sign. You could just Google it and find out it's 20, 50, 120, 150 percent, sometimes more depending on the addition. But if you affix a dollar amount to that and you show we lost these many people and this is how much it's cost us just in turnover cost, not even in productivity, just in turnover cost, that could make a business case for, it. let's say, let me pick on the CFO. Right?
0: For changing who you are. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like changing your view You look at those.
1: it that way, I think it's it's helpful.
0: Even if you've had some attrition and the people who have left, I would bet that those people didn't align with those values. Right. They stuck it out because they're probably making good money and now they have options. So now I guess you really have to drill down on okay, who we are, and then hire people that align with a command and control environment that they'll thrive in.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: I mean, I don't know how that works, but (laughs) (laughs) good luck to you if you are that guy or that person. Um, Okay. So, all right. So you asked your people, now what? They give you a bunch of feedback. Yeah. We're starting to make some changes. We figured out what our culture is. What would be the next step that we would hit? As
1: far as hiring to attract people, yeah. So one big thing I think is really important is, and I'm going to talk about um, job requirements. It's wonderful if you want to hire like an administrative assistant, but like truly think about, and this will expand your candidate pool. So this will help in the talent acquisition strategy and expanding a candidate pool. So someone who's in a certain position, I see this a lot. I'm sure you do too. It's like I want an administrative assistant who has a bachelor's. Sometimes I see like masters, and I'm like, is that r- really a necessary requirement for this role. Do you need a bachelor's in order to be an administrative assistant? Yes or no?
0: No, your ego does.
1: Yeah. And then there's this piece of like what school someone went to. Does that, I mean, high five for anyone who's gone to an Ivy League school. I have no idea what that means. Like you are an amazing human for getting in there and getting through it. But at the same time, does that make you a good administrative assistant? Does it make you a good insert that job title there? No, it doesn't.
0: And in fact, like there was some data that came out quite a few years ago that Google released where their most successful hire comes from. And it's from the University of Illinois at Chicago. Yeah, shout out to these guys. <laughs> Good job, guys. You're right. So it's not even a top I believe school. Right. Having that, again, that's an ego-driven want. But the other thing that I found is really, really important on the job requirements is that this requirements list, you must have five years of this, four years of that, three years of this. Mm-hmm. Based on guesses that that person will have Had a lot of experience if they did that the requirements list to me is another form of conscious bias that you're kind of building into it because you can have somebody who's got a couple years experience in something that could smoke somebody who has 20 years experience doing the same thing. It doesn't matter how many years experience they've had. You want to look for evidence to support that they can actually excel and, and do well in that role.
1: Do well in that role and be a great fit for the company. Yeah. Shout out back to the core values and making sure that those are in line with you, what your true core values yeah. as an organization. The other thing of that, and this, I'm going to kind of nod to DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion just for a second, is that when you open up your candidate pool. You can open it up to more diverse hires too for those that might be disadvantaged due to whatever circumstance or in, you know, based on these things. I hear that, well, I want more diverse hires. Well, let's really take a look that that's one small piece of it of like what's the job requirement? Do you really need someone who has the list of, you know, skills? Do you really need someone who has this type of education or can we can we open it up so that there is ability for different people who can excel at that job
0: i don't think that you can really get diversity until you get rid of some of these hurdles that are up in the whole process like getting rid of the resume it's easier said than done yeah. but it can't be done i don't look at resumes at all
1: so neither do we our process is we do core values first um the in it, the resume is not looked at till the very end the very end
0: yeah exactly so, yeah Yeah, because it influences your decision on whether or not you want to talk to somebody. So performance metrics, by the way, are far more valuable than those requirements and actually build accountability into once you get somebody hired. Again, that's a much better measurement tool because you're giving somebody like, here's what you're going to expect out of you for the first 90 days. How are you going to deliver? And then you can have that conversation around that. All right. So we've just... Completely annihilated your job requirements, being reasonable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's next? I know you want to talk about comp.
1: Right? I know, uh, really quickly. Okay. Okay, like in, in like 30 seconds, it it has to be fair pay for the job. Yeah. And there's data out there, again, good data in, good data out, bad data in and bad data out. There's free resources out there, the Bureau of Labor Statistics. They have information in certain metropolitan areas on different jobs. You can look this stuff up and see where your comp lies within percentage range. Of, are you right in the middle? Are you low? Are you high? And base your comp package on that. Um, another thing that I, I want to touch upon is employer branding. Okay. So this is the idea that, okay, if I want to be the employer of choice, what do I look like publicly? Another big thing is glass door, like that's. But like if the- you're a
0: small company, you really don't have a public. You might have a glass door, like from a bad interview or something like that. Is it worth? Let's say I'm a thirty to fifty person company. Do I really need to have employer branding?
1: I think so, and I think. I mean, it's- you
0: just have to have content on your website,
1: and that's part of it. Like, yeah. does that speak to our core values? How about the socials that we have? If I because would- they're gonna stalk you. So is it really show and shine how our company is? The Glassdoor thing is sort of a necessary evil. Don't shoot me, door. But there's, you know, get ahead of the bad interview because you can't make every single person happy in an organization. Yep. But if you get ahead of it and you say, okay, well, every, you know, I've got these great people. Hey, do you mind reviewing us on Glassdoor? So you can get ahead of that.
0: You know, what? Hey, there's a really easy way to get ahead of the Glassdoor reviews. Release people when they don't make it through the interview process. Don't ghost them. Most of the Glassdoor reviews you see is I went and interviewed this company. They ran me through eight rounds of interviews. I was there for 10 hours and then they didn't hire me and they didn't tell me why. Or like, you know, you get people that are pissed off about the fact that like they didn't hear anything back. Mm-hmm. That'll get rid of like 90 percent of the bad Glassdoor reviews. So just close the loop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? That
1: makes, you, we, I mean, it's... I've gotten many compliments in my career that I've been communicative about them not getting the role. Although we do have one instance where it didn't work out for me well, if you want to check that out, it's a podcast I did with you last time, it's a whole different story, but <laughs> but you're right that will help with the Glassdoor reviews on the interview side.
0: Okay, so what do you need at the minimum then for employer branding? I mean, I don't think that you need to spend a whole bunch of money no, doing no. formalized employer branding and like, Not at you all. know, yeah. No.
1: Um Simply said, do I look as cool as my company is online if, if I didn't know it? Would I want to work for me if I went and looked at the Facebook profile that they had or the Instagram that you have or your website? Is that a yes your or no? Your
0: 1970s website. Correct. Yeah. Right.
1: You know, and then or do you exist at all online? That's kind of scary, too. Is it? Oh, yeah.
0: I kinda like when people don't exist online. It's like it's <laughs> less just, pressure it's, for certain it's fun. <laughs> I like I wish I was hidden, it would be yeah. great. All right, so employer branding, and then what would be the the final piece?
1: We talked about it a little bit, but that core value work. Yes. Um. There's lots of resources out there. There's lots of books out there to figure out how do you figure out what your core values are. They, um. Also, <laughs> um, like for, for me and my organization, I did my core value work six months before I brought on my first employee.
0: That is a really good point that nobody – when you start planning to hire somebody, plan out your job descriptions, mm-hmm, plan out – like your content, like yep. do your core value work, like understand who you are. And by the way, as a leader, you're the one who's driving core values. So they're going to be reflective of who you are as a person. Your values for your company are driven 100% by you because yeah. I know you, and, you know, and that's who you are.
1: I'll take you one step further, one of those core values should probably be the thing that you are not good at. Ooh,
0: there's a good thought.
1: Correct. The opposite. Obviously not that. So it's thing, one the of the things that
0: you inspire to be.
1: Yeah, because it's something as a leader, you're going to have to work on yourself. And you already, you should know what that thing is. You're like, oh, I'm not good at this. And this is going to affect my people. So I'll kind of insert that as a core value in order to get around my own stuff that I'm going to Probably naturally do so that I have a constant reminder. Am I living our core values through everything that you do?
0: That's a really good point. I guess if you're a command and control person, you really don't want to be one, but that's who you are and you really want to work on that. Then you can... Um, Symbiotic
1: relationships and autonomy and then work that into whatever one word that that would be.
0: There you go. Yeah. And then define it out, what does that mean exactly? I try to attach measurables to the core values. I love that. Yeah, because how are you going to evaluate somebody against it if it's not a measurable... I'm
1: smiling because... So we do pulse check surveys every single quarter. And instead of having a rating scale, what we've done is we've assigned a fun phrase to it because one of our core values is also fun. So in our reliable... Core value. so calming, caring, reliable, and fun. The top one is I feel Dwayne the Rock Johnson solid, and that's how we know we've gotten an A. So, <laughs> right, um, all right. Yeah, and so, and all of our, so all of our survey will match these type of phrases, and then once we figure out where we're at, we report that to the whole team. Like here's where we're doing, and it gives a, a feeling to everyone of here's what the whole organization is feeling right now based on all of our core values.
0: And we're solid, and, and then you also. What what do you learn out of it, though? When you first start doing those surveys, let's say you got some bad feedback, like, yeah. what harm could that do for you? Um, I mean, it's probably an ego bruise. Besides my
1: ego, yeah. For us, one of the pieces was the growth path. There's no growth path here. Another one was behind our performance management program because it is a bit of a hit to the ego because it's so hard to do all the things. Yeah. But then it becomes, okay, here's, maybe I had my blinders on about this. And now I have the opportunity to figure out how do I create a growth path for everyone here? And so we started to insert one hour a month paid um, training in anything you want to do in your life, whether it's HR or not. And the other piece was, you know, performance management program, and, you know, how strict it was to try to lighten that a little bit. And so, you know, taking that feedback into account with all the tenured professionals we have on board. So it's just being open to the feedback because it's hard to hear feedback.
0: And embracing this suck. You're gonna suck embraces.
1: Yeah, they're gonna tell it. they're gonna if it's yeah. if you got a good org and people feel comfortable enough, even if it's anonymous, they will tell you the one thing that you weren't paying attention to. It will be very loud.
0: <laughs> uh- very true. Yeah. All right. sure we're getting pretty close on time. What would be two or three key takeaways you can give the audience they can plug into their business today?
1: Yes. Okay. So the pulse check survey thing is a, a big deal. You can come up with these questions on your own. Um, Just make sure that you follow up and you communicate to your people about the results. Don't leave them hanging and do something about it. Rethink your recruiting strategy. So that's a big one. Like, is that bachelor's really necessary for the position that you're asking for to widen your job pool, your online presence, you know, your employer branding is really important, and then making sure you pay people properly. Like don't just throw a number out or try to like undercut people. You really want to make sure that you're paying fairly. And then finally, and we've talked about it, peppered it through this conversation as your core values, like live them, make sure you know what they are and then then commit to living them in your
0: org. And you know what really helps to live your core values is make it a language within the organization. Amazon did an amazing job of we're making this decision. Does this demonstrate our core value of customer Mm -hmm. obsession? And when you make it a language, performance goes through the roof. <laughs> Leilani, thanks so much for your time and investment today, and I want to welcome you to the Higher Power Radio community. Now, what would be the best way in which members of the audience could find you? Yeah, uh, work with you, maybe
1: put my money where my mouth is because yeah. all of our socials are wonderful. So you can check us out at Be the Change HR on any of the platforms, and then if you want to reach out to me, I invite you to do that. Me personally, you can email me, Leilani, it's L-E-I-L-A-N-I, at BeTheChangeHR.org. All right,
0: perfect. Well, I want to thank our listening audience for tuning into this week's episode of Higher Power. Quick thanks to our team, Brian Colburn, Andrea Ballin, and Ayla Gerard. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, share, and review. We're listening. We welcome your feedback after all this show's for you. You can join the Higher Power Radio community at higher, H-I-R-E, power, P-O-W-E-R, radio, R-A-D-I-O.com. Or you can drop me an email at rickinstridesearch.com. Tune in next Tuesday. Our guest is going to be Darian Mikkel. He is the co-founder and CEO of Wallify. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power Radio. Catch our LinkedIn live show every Tuesday at noon or download the podcast on iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube or your favorite podcast platform. We appreciate you joining us on Higher Power Radio with your guide to hiring success. Brett Brett, 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 Girard.